Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Thank you for coming and sharing in this service today. I'm delighted to be able to come as your fellow church member and try to share God's Word with you today. I've known about Westport Road Baptist Church for a long time. When I was pastoring down uh, at Junction City, Kentucky, just outside of Danville, had a revival evangelist by the name of Jim Lewis. Some of you know Jim. (laughs) Jim said to me as he closed out the service that Sunday at noon, he said, Doug, the reason I didn't want to stay through tonight was I am going back to Louisville, and I'm going to meet with a committee from a new start. It's a house out on Westport Road, and they call it Westport Road Baptist Church, and I'm going to talk to them about doing something that I've never done, help go in and not start the church, because that had already happened, but to build it from its infancy into a thriving congregation, and that's exactly what the Lord did through him and the people who came here those uh, many years ago. So when we moved to Louisville, years later than that, we moved out just across the street from Tom and Jennifer Smoot. I know that's bad, but at least that's some place to live. So we lived there for a while and uh, knew that Westport Road Church was very close. So we started attending here, and along with Our three children, Mark and Stan and Lisa, Esther and I, all became members of this thriving congregation and stayed here uh, for a few years uh, while I was working for the Kentucky Baptist Convention, working for you, in the area of discipleship and later on in the area of stewardship as well. Stayed there for 19 years. And then, as I retired from there, Farmdale Baptist Church over in the south part of Louisville was without a pastor and going through a very difficult time. I had been interim there for two previous times. They called me back as interim and then called me as their full-time pastor. I I said, I'll come and help you and stay with you three or four years, try to get back on our feet, and then I'll turn it over to somebody else. Well, I ended up staying there for 10 years. So I was gone 10 years, and then we came back. Uh, just, uh, well, I retired four years ago, although I stayed over there and uh, was a member of that church for a few years, and then we came back. And uh, as Josh says, we live right behind the church here and have for, ever since we left the street where Tom and Jennifer live, we moved in here and uh, became a member of this church again. And I love Westport Road Baptist Church. I really do. I love our pastor and staff. I think they're God-called people, and I think they're doing a great job of leading us. And I appreciate Chip giving me the opportunity to come and to share with you today. Uh, I know if you looked at the bulletin and saw the message title that I'm using today, it probably didn't do a great deal for you, but hopefully it will help you to understand where I'm trying to come from as we share this message today. John records Jesus' visit to the temple in the very beginning part of his ministry. The Synoptic Gospels 
have it later on in his ministry. And I'm not here to discuss that. I'm not a theologian. I'm not uh, somebody who can help us unravel all of that. But just to take what Jesus did in the story of the cleansing of the temple as a basis for the message this morning. John chapter 2, verse 12. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Earlier in the earlier translations of those scriptures, Jesus said, My house should be a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. I appreciate the praise team leading us in worship this morning and the gist of the message that they were sharing in this last song that they led us in goes a great deal, uh, says a great deal about where I'm trying to come from today in this message. First of all, I want us to look at the temple area of Jerusalem uh, a little bit. Some of you have had the privilege of visiting the Holy Land and seeing the site of where the temple stood at one time. The temple was a very revered place in Jewish uh, life. It was a hallowed place. It was a very special spiritual place for them. The temple was divided into different courts. In the middle was the temple, and inside of there was the Holy of Holies uh, that was uh, contained, the Ark of the Covenant, the shewbread, and things such as that. And it was a special place because once a year the high priest would go there and offer sacrifices for the sins of all the people for that past year. But in the court just outside of the temple area was the court of men where the Hebrew men could go and worship. And then there was a larger court around that which was called the court of the women where the Jewish women could go. And the children could go, but they couldn't go into the men's court. Neither could the men go into the Holy of Holies, only the high priest once a year. And then on the outside of that was another court where it was the court of the Gentiles, where all other people could go. And, and uh, this is where we find the money changers and those that were selling the sheep and the oxen and the pigeons at that time. Now, I've read where the temple area was a large area. In fact, it could have covered as much as 30 acres. That's a good-sized place. And so there was a lot of room for animals and money changers and all of those kinds of things taking place at that time. This was the largest of all the courts, the Gentile court, but it was also the farthest away from the place that symbolized the very presence of God keeping them as far away as they could. So the money changers were there because this was, as we read in our scripture this morning, Passover time, one of the high holy days, maybe the most holy one in all of uh, Judaism. And they were there and coming from all different areas around. They had to travel, many of them, a lot of miles to, to come and be a part of that. 
but it was expected that all Jewish men would attend that Passover feast in Jerusalem as often as possible. And so these guys were coming, and they were not just there to facilitate worship, although that's what they were pretending to be. They were there to extract money from people. When you came to worship at the temple, you had to bring something to offer as a sacrifice. If you couldn't have a a sheep or cattle to bring, which was pretty expensive, you could bring pigeons for the poorer people. So for those that travel a long distance, they would buy pigeons there and then offer those pigeons in their worship. But the pigeons had to pass muster, so to speak. They had to be good enough. And if they weren't, then you had to buy pigeons from those folks who were selling the pigeons. Not only that, but you had to pay for that pigeon with temple money. And of course, if you came from another country, another city, you didn't have any temple money. So you had to have money exchanged. Guess what? Yeah, you paid extra. For money. Jesus had seen this and knew it was going on. And he came into the temple. And as they came to the temple there to offer their sacrifices, Jesus Christ noticed what was going on. And he said to them, he took some cords and made a whip of some kind. Now, can you imagine this? Think for just a minute what we're talking about. Large area, a lot of people. Jesus didn't have a sword. He didn't have any kind of a firearm. All he had with him was a simple whip. But he had the authority of the Father, and he went in, and he overturned the money changers' tables. He told the people to get out of there. His house was to be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves, not for trade, not for making money, not for taking advantage of other people. And so Jesus, with that little whip, drove those people out of there. So my question for myself this morning, as well as for the rest of us, if Jesus came into Westport Road Baptist Church this morning, what would he think about our worship? Now, I understand the Holy Spirit is here today. I know that. I'm talking about if Jesus literally, physically walked into the church building and saw what was happening at Westport Road Baptist Church today, would he be pleased with our worship? Would he be pleased with our fellowship? Would he be pleased with how we're conducting ourselves? What would he think of our worship service? Would he be impressed that Westport Road is a house of prayer? It's a place that welcomes people in the very presence of God. It's a place where there are open arms reaching out to people. Would he be impressed by the way Westport Road Baptist Church is trying to help people? We have lots of programs going on, lots of things happening. I mean, I do live close to the church. It didn't take me a long time to get here today. And I see the cars parked in the the new parking lot I've got a good view of the new parking lot from the back of my house, so I can see it well. And I see cars in that parking lot all the time of things going on, people coming. Yesterday morning from the men's prayer breakfast, I'm assuming, and maybe the ladies' uh, prayer conference or 
or the ladies' conference that they were having. I mean, it's, it's something all week long. We've got lots of things happening to bring people to Jesus Christ. The question that I would ask us, and I'm not asking this from a, a negative point of view. I'm asking this as a fellow believer of yours, a fellow church member of yours. Are we doing what we can not only to involve us, but them as well? Are we making it easy for them to come into the house of God? Or have we assembled some garbage we need to get rid of? I don't know the answer to that. What was the basic reason or purpose of the temple? Well, as you recall the history of the Hebrew people as they traveled from Egypt back into the promised land, and they had the Ark of the Covenant that went before them. What a, what a great uh, symbol that was of the very presence and power of God as he, as he led them. But finally they decided, we've got to have a place where we can call a place that is God's house. And so they built the temple. What was the purpose of that? Well, it was the purpose of it, for one thing, to symbolize the very presence of God just like we have that in our services today. When this building was built, I wasn't here when this building was built, but I'm sure that this building was dedicated to the glory of God, to worship and fellowship and teaching and, and loving and reaching people. I'm, I'm positive that's what was happening, and that's what is happening today. I'm not discounting that. Please don't read me in the wrong way. So it was to symbolize the very presence of God. We have a building here today that we call a house of worship. It's the sanctuary. It is the church. It is the place where every Lord's Day we come expecting to meet God. This is His house. We're His children. A place that we can come and worship. We come today not just so we can have some place to go to. We come today to meet Him, to worship Him. And as you know, that word worship means that He alone is worth our worship. Worship Him, not us. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about Him and Him helping us to be what we need to be so we can be what He wants us to be in order to reach those people, our neighbors, our family, our friends, the strangers among us, so we can reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a place to pray. Absolutely, it's a place to pray. Coming into the house of God. As pastor for many years in the churches where I served, when I would be at the church facility during the weekdays, many, many times I have come into the inner sanctuary, to the altar here that's a symbol all the way from the Old Testament days where we offer our sacrifices to God. I've come in on my knees to pour my heart out to God, to meet Him. It doesn't have to be Sunday in order for us to meet Him in prayer in His house. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of sacrifice. We don't sacrifice a lot in America today. 
Well, let me say, I don't sacrifice a lot. I can't speak for you. Sacrifice means you give up something of worth for Him. I don't know much about sacrifice. We live a a life of ease in America today. And, uh, but anyway, we come as a offering to God. A few moments ago, we had a time of offering to God. That was our sacrifice that we're offering to. How many of us today, and I was one of you that gave an offering today, how many of us made any kind of sacrifice to give our offering today? Now, I spent a lot of years working in stewardship, so you would expect me to throw that in a message that I preached to you, I think. How many of us sacrifice to give to God? How many of us do without something in order to give to God? I don't know about you, but I don't do that real often in my own life, to my own detriment, in my commitment to Him. This is a place, this uh, was a place for fellowship and for healing and for acceptance in the house of God. So, as we move along, what is the purpose of Westport Road Baptist Church? Well, first and foremost, it's a place that symbolizes the very presence of God. When you think of Westport Road Baptist Church, you should think, that's the place where I go and meet God every Lord's Day. Do you meet God here during the worship services and Bible studies that you have? I can honestly say that I do. I can honestly say that through the ministry of Chip and the staff and the church members here, when I come to worship, I do encounter God. He's here. He is here. It's a place also that we worship Him, that we forget everything else, and we come and bow before Him and offer Him our best and worship Him. It's a place to grow and to learn, a place to study God's Word together with our fellow believers. It's a place not only where we study God's Word, but where the Word speaks to us and we respond to it. And it changes our lives. It changes the way we live. It influences our week that we're beginning today as we look at God's Word and study it together and hear it together. It's a place of fellowship. It's a wonderful place of fellowship to get to know people. I know many people in the church from the days when we were here several years ago, but a lot of you are new to me and I have not had the privilege to meet you. But I still come and worship with you and study with you and fellowship with you and greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Several years ago, I had the privilege to visit Russia through the Kentucky Baptist Convention Partnership. And one day we were had a, a time when we were just touring and we went to the First Baptist Church of Moscow. And as we were, it was a weekday, middle of the day kind of thing. And as we went in that sanctuary, good-sized sanctuary there in, in uh, downtown 
Moscow. Uh, by looking at the front of it, if it didn't have words up there, you wouldn't even know it was a building. It looked like a storefront, but inside it was a sanctuary. And, and there were a lot of people sitting around, elderly people just talking. And some sitting on that pew, some in front of them, they were turned talking to each other, many of them. So I said to our guide, what are these people doing here today? And she said, Doug, they are so lonesome for fellowship, they don't have anybody, so they come and meet at church and just sit in the sanctuary and fellowship. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be good if we could do that sometimes? Just come and be together. Just hunger for fellowship with brothers and sisters and, and come and spend that time with them. It's a place, a safe place where we can let our hair down. That is, those of you that have hair, but anyway, some of us don't. You know, if, if you feel comfortable enough to let your hair down, like Mary did when she wept and wept on Jesus' feet and dried his feet with the hair, she took it down. That took a lot of courage for her to do that because that was so looked down upon. You didn't do that. But this is a place where we can let our hair down. We're not trying to fool anybody. We're not trying to, to make people think, I, I've got it all together and I've, I know everything that I need and, and uh, I, I sit, stand above you and I can... No, no. I come and let my hair down to know I am a fellow Christian who struggles with life sometimes. I have difficulties. I have pain. I need help. This is what this church is about. To help people share their pain. A safe place where we can do it. Not somewhere that's going to condemn us. Not some place that's going to tear us down. But some place that's going to understand and help and encourage and lift up. It's sort of like the story of the woman at the well, uh, the, the woman that was taken in adultery. And Jesus said, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I can't throw many stones. I can't throw any stones at anybody. It's a place where we come to share our pain and our hurt, a place of healing. What a wonderful thing that is. The house of prayer is a place of healing. I can come here, let my hair down, be who I am. Let people know I am not the finished product. I am growing. I'm on the way, but I'm not there yet. Years ago, I read a story in a, a book about a, a lady of the streets in one of our major cities whose life was broken, as you might imagine, after years of living that kind of a life on the street. And uh, there was a place there in the city, a bar, where that was her haven to go to. And she went in one early one morning, midnight hour passed, and she was broken and she was hurting and she was sobbing and she got to talking to someone and just make a long story short, just 
how she had no life, how she had ruined it, why it was empty. There was nothing there, nothing, nothing. And so this person said to her, why don't you go to church? Why don't you go to church and see if they can help thee? And she snapped her head up and said, go to church? Why would I go there? They would put me down. Folks, I'm afraid there are a lot of people hurting today with sin in their life who look at our churches today and say, I can't go there. They wouldn't accept me. What is the purpose of Westport Road Baptist Church? It's certainly not a rest home for saints. It's a hospital for sinners, isn't it? And who are the sinners? You and me. Us. That's the purpose of our church. A place to bring people to meet Jesus Christ and to help them be connected to Him. And a place where they can become a part of the family of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? To be a part of God's family and to worship Him. Very quickly, let me close the message with this response of Jesus. He came into His house, although they didn't know it was His house, and He drove out those who were distorting the purposes of His church. So the question for us today is, are we offering spiritual care to the sick and the hurting people? Are we going out of our way to understand and to minister and to gather them in? Do people who are not Christian, would they feel welcome in Westport Road Baptist Church? Or there's some things we need to get rid of. And I'm not talking about Farmdale. I'm not talking about Westport Road Church. Pardon me, I pastored Farmdale 10 years. I'm not talking about Westport Road Baptist Church in anything particular. I'm not pointing finger at anybody. I'm asking all of us, as we question ourselves, what we need to do to help people feel free here and feel welcome here. Are there some things we need to get rid of our lives? You know, one of the best things that happens over in Creekside, where I live, every Monday morning the garbage truck comes. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Some of you young folks here don't even remember what it was like when you didn't have garbage trucks. But Douglas does. I'm a country boy. <laughs> we had a barrel out back that we, way out the back where we burned our trash and stuff. Anybody else remember those days? <laughs> yeah. Some of you are not as old as me, but you're getting there. You're on the way. What a wonderful thing it is when the garbage truck comes. And I look out and <clears throat> just the other day I had a bunch of bags of leaves and I had sticks. I had cut up uh, 
sticks that had fallen, and I had them piled out in front of my house. A good-looking sight as you drove down the street, you know. And I looked out about 9.30, and it was clean as a whistle. Everything was gone. That's one of the best feelings, to get rid of garbage. To get rid of garbage. And you know what? Garbage just slowly adds up, doesn't it? Most of it's not a pile at one time. It just slowly happens. We gather up some things, clutter up our lives, interfering in our commitment to Jesus Christ. We need to gather those up to get rid of them. You know, we live in such a sophisticated, high-tech society today, and I'm always behind, but I'm trying to do the best I can with what I've got where I am. But virus attacked our computers, our smartphones, our iPads, etc. Viruses come in, and you know what they do? If we don't pay attention to them, what do they do? They will ruin that device. They certainly will make it useless to us. And garbage in a spiritual sense in the same way will disrupt our lives, will make our lives useless, and will kill our influence if we don't let Jesus take it away. So as we come to this time of the service, which is our invitation, God inviting you to do whatever it is that He spoke to you about through His Word and His Spirit today. So in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. Josh will be here. If you need to come and speak with the minister, speak to him. If you need to come and pray, if you need to come and say, Lord, I want to bring all this garbage and give it to you and let you get rid of it for me. Because it's ruining my life. It's ruining my witness. Let's stand as we pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ knows us loves us, understands us, and still loves us. Now in this moment of your invitation, I pray that we will respond as your Spirit leads us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.